Welcome to Alfaro English. Be sure to follow our channel wherever you get your podcasts to listen to award-winning independent journalism from Central America. Today is January 6th, 2023. In this occasion, we share with you an investigation by Roman Gressier, Carlos Martinez, and Carlos Garcia. Gang divisions provoke 2021 massacre and almost toppled negotiations with Bukele, published in elfaro.net in its English edition. In November 2021, the gangs of El Salvador murdered 45 people in just three days to send a message to President Nayib Bukele, with whose administration they had been negotiating secretly since at least June of 2019. The massacres spanning from November 9th, 10, and 11 cast widespread public doubt on the government's so-called territorial control plan and pushed the pact of non-aggression between the country's three gangs and the administration which achieved a reduction in homicides in return for political favors, to the verge of collapsing. New evidence obtained by El Faro reveals that the prison bureau violated its own protocols and the law to rescue the negotiations. Between the second and third day of the killings, the administration allowed the national leaders of the 18th Street Serenos gang, incarcerated in the maximum security Zacatecaluca prison, to send a voice message to their subordinates in the street, demanding a stop to the chain of violence and retribution between their organization and the MS-13 gang. In the seven-minute audio recording obtained by El Faro, for historic leaders of the criminal structure identify themselves by their gang aliases and speak into the recorder, one by one, from the same room, a violation of prison protocols barring gang leaders from being in the same room in maximum security facilities. Sources of El Faro who worked in Zacatecaluca prison during the current administration assert that the four gang members are housed separately, meaning that the prison authorities allowed them to meet in the same room and gave access to a telephone or voice recorder. One of the leaders of the Serenos told his subordinates in the streets, A ton of people are dying. This can't continue. Hours before the recording was sent, Prison Bureau Director Osiris Luna, protagonist and concealer of the illicit negotiations between the government and the gangs, entered the facility for a meeting, according to prison intelligence reports. Any dialogue with the gangs is prohibited by Salvadoran law. They were ruled terrorist organizations in 2015 by the Supreme Court. Less than 48 hours after Luna's visit to Zacatecaluca, the homicide levels abruptly decreased again, postponing the collapse of the gang negotiations four more months until a second massacre of 87 Salvadorans in March of 2022. In response to the latter, the government and legislative assembly decreed a state of exception that has now been in place for nine months. El Faro obtained the police reports through Guacamaya leaks, 
A mass leak of emails and documents from the Salvadoran police and military and other countries, confirming with new documents the existence that the reduction of homicides was sustained through an agreement between the current government and the gangs, as El Faro has demonstrated in multiple investigations since 2020. The pact also depended on conversations between imprisoned gang leaders and members in the streets in which the latter suspected their superiors of negotiating agreements that solely benefited those in prison. Before the massacre of November 2021, the decline in homicides had been extraordinary. From January to May of that year, there was an average of 3.5 daily murders. From June to October, the number dipped lower to 2.4, according to the Subdirectorate of Police Intelligence, CPOL. The lowest point during 2021 was August, when El Salvador saw an average of 1.7 murders per day, the lowest since the end of the Civil War in 1992. The president ascribed the historic figures to his state secret territorial control plan, but multiple CPOL reports obtained by El Faro explained that the dip had been caused by agreements between the gangs. Seed asserted that the gangs had agreed that they would not activate themselves against the government, nor increase the homicides, as well as reign in confrontations between them. The crisis began on Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. The day began with gang members entering and exiting Zacatecaluca prison under the justification of attending doctor's appointments, a widespread tactic employed in the government gang negotiations. At 5 a.m., a government vehicle entered the prison grounds to pick up MS-13 member Raul Armando Bonilla Lazo, alias Slow of the criminal gangsters Locos Clique, for a medical appointment. Bonilla is a former at-large Renflero, the second highest echelon of the gang that reports to its leaders in prison, as well as Corridor, or top member, of its Ilopango program. A prison intelligence report from that day noted that the authorities took him 39 miles to Saldana National Hospital, outside of the capital. The town of Zacatecaluca has a hospital of its own. El Faro reviewed every prison intelligence report filed that November by the police subdelegation of Zacatecaluca and found that Bonillo was the 13th gang member to visit the hospital that month. Per internal police reports, the massacre began 80 minutes after he left prison, at 6.20 a.m., when a young man was gunned down in El Carmen, Cuscatlan. At 2 p.m., after three people had been murdered, a second MS-13 member left Zacatecaluca for a trip to the doctor. Henry Alexander Arias Parada, a ranflero from the San Savar Loco Salvatore shows known by the alias Gato, and who, like Bonilla, is also from the Ilopango program. By the end of the day, the police had recorded 12 executions. The armed forces were also alarmed. In a confidential memo sent on November 9th and obtained by El Faro, the chief of the Joint General Staff ordered military leaders to be alert for a spike in homicides in the past 24 hours in order to direct the personnel under your command to increment security measures during patrols in the zones under your responsibility. The next day, the situation worsened. In the early hours of the morning, 
the Division of Analysis and Production of Intelligence, DAPI, of the police, anticipated that the violence would intensify. At 2. 1 a.m., DAPI emailed the police intelligence offices on a possible increase in homicides committed by MS-13 at the national level. In an attached classified document, DAPI wrote, Members of the MS-13 gang are planning to increase homicides against members of the P-18R, 18th Street Revolucionarios Gang, and P-18S, 18th Street Serenos, at the national level. By noon, two MS-13 members had left Zacatecaluca for Rosales Hospital in San Salvador. In the afternoon, an ex-member of the MS-13, who at the time of the call was in contact with leaders of the gang, called El Faro from the United States to reveal that members of MS-13 had carried out the homicides as a sign of their disapproval of the negotiations with the government. At the time, El Faro did not have the audio recording from the Serenos nor the documents from Guacamaya leaks to corroborate his testimony. The source, referenced in this investigation as Mochila to protect his identity, asserted that at least three programs of the gang, Normandy Locos, Western Locos, and Fulton Locos, went rogue because, as part of the agreement with the government, the gang leaders were turning their own members over to the authorities, in compensation for every dead police officer or soldier, as well as for every violent scandal perpetrated by the gangs. Some of the cliques aren't happy at all. Turning over and killing their friends isn't the cause of the barrio, Mochila told El Faro, adding, those in prison are the only ones benefiting, not those in the street. Mochila added that the spike in murders in November 2021 was a double message to the government, as well as the jailed gang leaders. That the rank and file in the streets could destabilize any truce. They wanted to tell President Bukele that he isn't controlling anything, and to show him that the Ranfla, leaders in the street, aren't happy. Is 18th Street involved in this violence? El Faro asked Mochila. That's right, the one that Viejo Lin runs, he responded, referring to Carlos Mojica Lechuga, the head of the 18th Street Serenos. The all-out attacked, too. Mochila asserted that the victims were part of a list of pending victims that included members of that same gang, MS-13, as well as both factions of 18th Street and non-members who refused to pay extortion. It was a list that they, the leaders in the streets, had, he said. The deaths started in September or August, but on these days they committed the most. Multiple DAPI reports in 2021 stated that the gangs could be generating lists for future violence. The monthly report from August states, We do not rule out that the gangs could for now only be updating lists of their future victims. At 5.20 in the afternoon on November 10th, nine homicides had been committed during the second day of the massacre. At that hour, a group of three unidentified people in police uniforms entered Zacatecaluca prison for a meeting, according to the prison intelligence log obtained by El Faro. Exactly one hour later, Prison Bureau Director Luna arrived on board a car with license plates P854923 and another white pickup for a meeting, 
That night, President Bukele ordered a nationwide deployment over Twitter to send the army and police on patrols in the areas of the homicides. 22 homicides were recorded on November 10th, the most lethal day in 2021. At 9.20 the following morning, Zacatecaluca Prison received some unusual visitors. Two employees of the tech company Flowing Rivers entered with the goal of working on the cellular signal jammers, according to the prison reports obtained by El Faro. That same morning, leaders of the 18th Street Serenos in the facility delivered a voice note to their members in the streets, despite the fact that in September 2020, the president's office asserted that the prison bureau and telecom superintendent had installed signal jammers in Zacatecaluca, rendering the incarcerated totally incommunicado with the outside world. On January 2nd and 3rd, El Faro contacted the government entities and flowing rivers, but none offered their version of events. The prison bureau press officer answered a phone call, but after the line disconnected, he did not return a written message over WhatsApp. The private contractor answered an introductory email, but did not respond to a query on the jammers in Zacatecaluca. The National Civil Police did not return an email seeking comment, and a spokesperson for the Ministry of Defense read, but did not answer a message over WhatsApp. In the morning on November 11th, leaders of the 18th Street Serenos outside of prison received the message from Zacatecaluca. For senior leaders had recorded a voice note for distribution. Oscar Rene Moreira Palacios, alias Pollo. Douglas Giovanni Velasquez Navis, Payaso. Ruben Arnaldo Toledo Sea, who milled dead. And Carlos Mojica Lechuga, Viejo Lin. The latter was the head of 18th Street prior to 2010. His style of rule, centralizing all power and resources in a narrow hierarchy, caused the gang to split in two. The rebels formed the Revolucionarios. In the message, shared with El Faro by a member of 18th Street, the first to speak was Pollo, addressing a member called Negra or Sandun Guerra. We've received reports of what's happening in the street. Things are complicated. With the clashes between gangs, he said, what we want is for you all to stop this. We're talking to you as the sir. Payaso spoke next. Attributing the violence to situations where you all have risen up because of turf disputes and vice versa. They've come to explain the whole situation to us, he added, without specifying who did the explaining. Let all of the homies on all of the turf controlled by the sir know to avoid all of that. He then passed the device to Viejo Lin, who promised the intermediary that they would soon meet in person, but didn't say how. 
The whole situation out there has caught fire. In reality, this can throw away all that we've been trying to do, he said. We'll see if it's possible for us to speak in person, Pollo and the rest of us. We ask you to contact every homie to go in front of every turf and have them understand the needs. The word from here in Zacate. Somebody whispers to Viejo Lin. They need to ask for a voice note for us. The veteran gang leader then asks Negra. If possible, send us an audio confirming that you've received this. A ton of people are dying. This can't continue. If it continues, we'll all lose, both you and us. The last to speak was Umil Dead, who repeated the promise of in-person dialogue. Apparently, in a few days these people will return here, hoping we will soon have direct contact, so that you all can see that what we're doing is something real and solid. Who Milde had been transferred from Zacatecaluca to Rosales Hospital days earlier. On November 8th at 9.55 a.m., eight Serenos had been transferred on the preceding October 16th to Santa Teresa Hospital in Zacatecaluca, where they stayed for seven hours, according to that day's police law book. On the last day of the massacre, 11 people were murdered. The police and prison bureau knew the motives of the killings, but Security Minister Gustavo Villatoro asserted in the evening on state television station Channel 10 that the homicides were the work of some de facto power in the country, an allusion to the political opposition. Something strange is going on. A dark power is behind this, he said. All those who negotiated in the past, the politicians who played with the blood of the people, or any dark interest behind this, we will make them face justice. The next day, November 12th, the national homicide figures abruptly dropped again, remaining at an average of 2.4 per day for the rest of the year. The Communications Secretariat of the President's Office tweeted, Former governments were used to negotiating with the blood of the population. They increased or decreased the figures of violence in the country at their convenience. We are frontally fighting these criminals. We will not return to the past. That same day, just 24 hours after the massacre, President Bukele denied on Twitter that his government was negotiating with the gangs. I've seen comments that the decline in homicides is due to some kind of truce. Ask the police officers and soldiers out in the streets, who lost their time off and haven't seen their families as they patrol our whole country at night, he wrote. Please. Have a little respect for those who risk their lives so that you all don't lose your own.
In its November report, the police intelligence office C-Pol accused the Ranfla Historica of MS-13 of ordering the violence, ignoring the government's public explanation and attributing the massacre to a rupture in its truce between gangs. Of MS-13, the author of the report wrote, The heads gave the green light to make hits, kills, for one week. The targets were enemy gangs and those cooperating with the government. The head of the center program has issued orders to various corridors. The office also warned of possible vengeance from the Serenos. The free heads of the gang, those not in prison, mentioned that the letters MS-13 lashed out at 18th Street because their code was broken. They are planning to retaliate and are only awaiting permission from inside. The permission would come from Isalka prison to launch full force. If they receive permission, they will be active for six days. A week later, on November 18th, the doctor's visits from Zakatekaluka resumed. That day, two members of the Serenos and two from MS-13 left for the Santa Teresa and Rosales hospitals. In the afternoon, two police officers traveled to Zacatecaluca prison to notify Elmer Canales Rivera, alias Crook, a ranflero of the MS-13 gang, of an outstanding warrant, but weren't allowed inside. The prison bureau illegally released him that day, as a bargaining chip in its negotiations. Mochila told El Faro that after his release Canales made multiple trips with anonymous guards to 18th Street territory in Zacatecaluca and Ciudad Barrios. A top government negotiator with the gangs, Carlos Marroquin, later admitted to MS-13 that he personally aided Canales in his escape to Guatemala. I pulled Viejo out from inside, brother, as a way of helping all you guys and to show you my loyalty and trustworthiness. I personally went to get him and took him to Guatemala. So, I don't know why you trust other people, brother. If everyone else here wants this to fall apart and no longer move forward or work. Right, right. You can find this text by visiting lfaro.net in its English edition. El Faro English are Roman Gressier, Nelson Rauda, and Jose Luis Sanz. Photos by Carlos Barrera. Production and music by Omnion. Thanks for listening. Consider supporting Central American journalism by joining our community of crowdfunders at support.elfaro.net.